Father, Lord, I, I thank you for I thank you for today. God, Lord, I just pray that um, you would just Holy Spirit come and fill us afresh right now. Come and fill us afresh, God. Lord, I pray that you speak to each of us, God, young and old. Thank you, God, for the for the kids in here today, Lord. Lord, I pray that this message speaks to their hearts, God, just as uh, just as much as it speaks to the oldest person here as well. Lord, I thank you that you've got great plans for us, Lord. I thank you that we can have an awesome and exciting life lived with you, Lord. I pray that today would be that exciting expectancy of what you can do, that challenge for each and every single one of us of stepping out in life with you. In your name, amen. So guys, great to be back with you. Good to, good to be back in Hong Kong, back in the back in the super warm, as opposed to just the, although actually Edinburgh, that was pretty warm. It was warm whilst I was there. I can't get by speaking about a trip to the UK without slotting in the weather somewhere. So uh, the Surge Conference uh, that we were at in Edinburgh, it was an awesome conference. We had a bucket load of churches from across Edinburgh. It's kind of a destiny conference, but then it's also a city conference. So lots of different churches canceled their Sundays and came together for Saturday and Sunday for this kind of show of unity in the city. And the concept of Surge is surging forward in a city and bringing transformation and change. So they're launching a citywide evangelism thing that will run over the entire year amongst all the different churches. For, like just put in perspective, Fulkirk, they um, had just one meeting, one weekend, not over a year. There's 10,000 people kind of in the town. I think 700 people came to faith. Amazing, huh? So they've seen over 1,000 people in South Wales come to faith in this thing called The Turning, which I'll share more about another time. But what I want to share today is kind of, it's from, a, it's, um, a lot of it is really from a sermon right at the beginning done by Andrew at the beginning of Surge, and it really captures the heart of, of Surge. And so I, when I come back from these things in Scotland, I want to try and share that with you to build you guys up as well. And it's, the, the title is, I could use somebody like you. That's God speaking, not me. I mean, I'll put you guys all to work. But God's saying, I could use somebody like you. That God can use every single one of you. That you guys may know that song by Kings of Leon, Use Somebody. And the amazing thing that was said, that actually those guys, when they wrote the song, they said that they felt that it was a prophetic song for the earth. So let's go into this. Acts 4, 8 to 14, that's what I'm going to read, and then verse 31 and 33, so just skip through some bits. You guys will remember it, because we covered it just recently. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, this is after he, they've healed the, the beggar by the gate, and then they've been taken in to speak to like the Sanhedrin, says, um, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means has this man been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. 
and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who, who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So I'm just going to go through kind of four things, four, four parts to, to look at, okay, this thing of God can use you. First point is, do you know who God says you are? Do you know who God says that you are? So in that story where you've got Peter and John, yeah, sure, there's a part of the miracle is this guy's been healed. But there's also another miracle that these guys are astounded. And actually, if you read it, the people out there, you know, the general crowds, they're astounded. This guy's running. The guy's been at the gate. But here in the Sanhedrin, these guys are astounded that Peter and John have been used, that there's a miracle that God, this, this God who, you know, they think they're the best guys in faith, that God has used these two uneducated common men. Remember back in Luke 6, Jesus, he spends all night, doesn't he? He spends all night praying for who's going to be, for his disciples, to appoint his disciples, appoint his apostles. And he ends up choosing uneducated, untrained people. Not guys super skilled in the law and all these things. They're guys who failed, who messed up. Uneducated guys who had just gone back to their trades. There's a, um, well, there's a Greek word for uneducated in that thing where it says they were uneducated men. This is the, the Greek word, the word in Greek that is used there is this word. Pretty easy to guess, get, right? So it's pretty strong language. It's just like, these guys are idiots. Like, how does God actually use these guys? You know? The son of God prayed all night and he chose idiots. Son of Jesus prays all night and he chooses these guys to transform the world. God can use anybody. And, you know, we love the stories, don't we, from the Bible. We kind of can romanticize them and think, wow, these guys are great. But most of the time, they're just completely off the chain. And it's just like, no, no way could actually, that's just not a sensible decision to use that guy, you know. We love to hear those stories. But the answer for our time, for our generation, for our nations, are you guys sat right here. You bunch of idiots, you know, sat right here in this room. So God wants people just like you, no matter how old you are, no matter if you're super young, super old. You know, too often we can disqualify ourselves, can't we, by just... And it can just become a default where we just don't believe in ourselves. Well, we maybe have that idea and we think, no, no, I can't, can't do that. Too much other stuff to do and just, just, just get on with it. We think maybe that we're not, we don't qualify. We're not good enough to be used by God. We can go to church on a Sunday and maybe one day we'll pray for some people. But we can't do that. That's just too massive. Justin Welby, he's the Archbishop of Canterbury. He, was, uh, he wasn't a Christian and... Um, his three-year-old daughter died and that kind of set him on this process where he came to faith and he became ordained in the church and amazing guy he was made archbishop of canterbury and just recently he did the big wedding 
You know the one I'm speaking about? Okay, Harry and Meghan. And uh, some reporters before that called him up and said, hey, can we come speak to you? And he said, yeah, sure, thinking that they were going to say, talk about the wedding. But when they got there, they said, they said to him, we have evidence that you're the illegitimate son of a civil servant. So completely caught him like, oh man, like what's going on here? That like massive, massive thing, you know? So he, he's, I, he just was like, I have no idea. Goes and asks his mum. She says, well, actually, that is very, very highly possible. And, and so they did the DNA tests and they found he was actually illegitimate which is a huge issue in the Church of England. The Church of England has a law that the Archbishop of Canterbury cannot be illegitimate, but he was already the Archbishop of Canterbury. So this is a amazing situation. So they changed the rule. Um, he kept his job, as you know. And Justin Welby, speaking about this whole thing, you know, it, he said that, I don't know who you think that I am now. You know, I don't know, guys, who you think I am but I know who God says I am. And guys, that's something so important to hold, is do you know who God says that you are? This picture, very famous picture, you guys know this picture, it's kind of, it's the, probably the main picture from the Vietnam War, it's the picture that's described as saying this picture could have ended the Vietnam War, it created so much havoc because there's napalm bombing in the back. This little girl is the very famous little girl. She was terribly burnt. This is her today, Kim Phuc Pan Thi. Whenever I go through these things, I always feel a little emotional. Then when I do it to you, I like get a lot emotional. So apologies. So I just think this is an, this is an awesome story that this this lady, um, Kim Phuc Pan Thi, she she's just had this amazing life. But coming from such, like, you know, if you go back to that, don't go back to the other photo, but if you think of the other photo, wow, just what? imagine that situation of life. Like, your whole life is falling apart. This lady is now, she's a born-again Christian, and she goes around the world to churches and to and not to churches as well. She, she speaks to people about how God can use people just like you, and she is an, actually an ambassador for the UN traveling around the world. Incredible what God's done in, his li in her life. How is it possible? How is it possible for the little burnt girl from Vietnam to be an ambassador for, for the UN? You know, God is at work. His, he is the God of the miracles. He's the miracle-working God, isn't he? He's the God who can give children to the barren. He's the God who splits the seas in two. He's the God who, if you're terribly afraid and fearful can make you into a lion. He's the God who can see the blind eyes open, the cripples walk. Uh, it may be weird for you guys, some of you guys know this story. I, was at, I went to a home group in 2009, so not that long ago, I remember going into a home group, sitting down, the guy leading the home group was a similar age to me, maybe a touch younger, and I thought, wow, I'd be terrified to do that. I'd like, and even moving to Hong Kong, I, I was so afraid of like, having to speak every single week. It's amazing what God can do when you just follow him. Um, at the conference, 
one of the speakers and session leaders was a guy called John Meller, incredible healing ministry. And there was this lady there who, um, in one of the sessions, she came in and she limped to the front. She had a stick. And for 30 years, she'd been blind in one eye and had pain for 30 years. It got worse in the last two years where she could barely walk. So she walked to the front like this with like a crutch, not a stick, with a crutch. She came to the front. He prayed for her. Immediately, the pain left completely left her body. She just, just said, man, all the pain's gone. And suddenly she could see out of her right eye, which she'd been blind in for years. And then they started praying for walking. She put the stick to the side and she could walk. She started walking. She could begin to walk like a, like a toddler. Yeah. By the end of that session, she was still walking like a toddler and needed the stick still a bit to help her. The next evening, the last evening, my mum and I were leaving the, the conference. They were doing praying at the front. She was running up and down, up and down the stairs of the stage, running up and down the front of the thing. God is a miracle-working God. But, you know, John Mella is just a normal guy. And he even speaks about tough childhood, the, um, a timid guy. How, you know, how does God take one guy and see this? And they've got, you can go on their YouTube channel, they've got thousands of healings. How is it possible? It's possible by the grace of God, because it's not down to you and how great you are, it's down to him and how great he is. That he said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. And so when we say things like, you know, God couldn't use me, or you know, maybe that's just a fanciful idea, it's too much, I don't think that could do it. We're kind of saying, well, you know, I'm inadequate in some senses. I, I couldn't do it, I'm, I'm not enough. But God says that he will never leave you. He will never leave you. And how does that make us inadequate? If the God of the universe is dwelling with us and with us, we are the complete opposite of inadequate. Reinhard Bonnke, he does massive crusades in Africa, big millions of people in these, in these big meetings. And he said, he said, you know, I see myself as a zero. But, and we are, all of us, we all mess up. We are all zeros, you know. I see myself as a zero, but when the one stands next to me, he makes me into a ten. It's like you can look at the list of failures in your life of zero after zero after zero, stretching out all the things that you've done wrong and messed up in, and they just stretch out. And you're just like, man, how could I, who've done this, maybe led this life up until now, ever do this thing that you're asking me to do, God, this vision that you put on my heart, well, when the one stands before you, those zeros suddenly turn into a billion, a trillion. So what does the powerful grace of God on a life actually look like? Well, we see the answer in Acts 4.13. Says now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these guys were uneducated, that they were idiots and common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. So, what does a person being with Jesus look like? Is it kind of that super spiritual, super pious, super like? Are holier, super holy. No. Somebody who's been with Jesus, we see stuff happens. Stuff happens. People who are with Jesus and around Jesus, stuff happens. You see something start shifting. 
in the environment, something starts stirring. Could be the atmosphere in our homes, the atmosphere in our school places. If you, got, you kids, you guys are in your classrooms, the atmosphere in your class, the way people <laughs> treat each other. You see miracles happening, people becoming disciples. Sometimes ministries launch, churches launch, things like that, things happen. But how does it all start? It all starts, and I'm gonna challenge you guys, or we'll pray about this at the end. We, it starts with two things, saying, I am available, God, do something with me. I am available, do something with me. You guys may have heard over the years about revival, and people being like, oh, we're just praying, we're just waiting for a revival, we're waiting for the Lord to show up, you know. Some places on earth have been waiting for that for like 200 years. And not saying God's not going to do something and revivals are, is, is this beautiful thing. But actually, revival isn't God showing up because we've waited long enough for him to show up. That actually, there's this thing of joining with God in prayer, joining with God in movement, being willing to step out. As um, Psalm 110.3 says, when you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning. Jew. God can teach you absolutely anything. You know? God, can, God can do anything with us. But what we need to bring a desire to the table. Say, yes, God, I'm excited about what you can do in this world through me. I'm available. Do something with me. God's gift to each and every single one of us is our potential. Right? We've all got amazing potential. Our gift to God is what we do with it. Sometimes it can be easy to suffer with a kind of poverty thinking, the thinking of like some of the things I've mentioned, like oh, I just couldn't do that. That's maybe too big for me. I'll scale it down a little bit. I'll scale it down. That's too. That's too massive. Uh, no one in my family has ever done that before. So I, I, I just, I just couldn't. I, I don't have the skills. I'm not intelligent enough, educated enough, eloquent enough to be able to do that. And you know, poverty thinking will not stop you going to heaven, but it very may well stop other people going to heaven. It will stop the kingdom coming in certain aspects. So we don't need to have it all together either. We don't need to have everything. Sometimes you just get this vision and you're like, I'm gonna go for it, use what you've got. Remember the parable of the talents where the guy who's got a lot, the guy who uses it gets more, the guy who doesn't use it has what he doesn't use taken away from him. People who have been with Jesus, they're up for it. Let's be people who are up for it. The second kind of thought point is people who have been with Jesus become co-creators with God. If you think through the Bible, all these different guys, they're co-creators with God. You've got Noah. It's like, go build, build me the ark. Abraham, go to this new land, father and new people. Moses, go speak to Pharaoh, set my people free. Joshua, go into this land, do this, this and that. Conquer, conquer the land. David, rule, be a king after my own heart. There's so many more things. It's about... It's about people and God working together. When there's a man to be healed outside the beautiful gate, he raises up two idiotas, Peter and John, and they don't just transform Jerusalem, but through them and the other, just the other apostles, the world is transformed. 
this thing of, I, I like this concept of like co-inventors. So it's not just sat there waiting for God just, just to kind of send you orders or something like that. But bring your ideas to God. Imagine that. That's such an exciting life. Bring your ideas to God. Sometimes Scotland can be quite a Calvinistic environment. You guys may have come from different countries where they kind of, the kind of it's everything set in stone is taught. And there's a fine line between fatalism there. We've got to be careful not to preach that. But if you think of some of the guys in the Bible, that David brings the idea of killing Goliath to the fore, right? He brings this idea, and God's like, that's actually a pretty good idea, nice idea. If you think about Abraham, Abraham pleads with God, doesn't he? Changes God's mind. He's like, no, if there's about Sodom and Gomorrah, if there's 100 good people, if there's 50 good people, if there's 20, you know, he keeps coming down. But what happens? God destroys the city, we know that. Why? Because there weren't 10 good people in the city. But it was Abraham who stopped at 10. What would have happened if Abraham had gone to like three? So I find this exciting. Invent with God. You know, that Psalm 25, 12 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. This part, see, he will instruct him in the way he should choose. That God is the capital H, he. But then later on, that's the small h, let's talk about he, he should choose us. Speaking about us, us choosing our ways. Man chooses, the Lord, in, the Lord instructs. But then we get this picture here of this, we know what God's like. The picture of this loving father guiding us not like do this do that do this do that do this it's this amazing relationship that we get to live with god this adventure we get to go on so people who've been with jesus start becoming very creative it's about the things that you care about deeply the desires in your heart because he put them there as i speak i think there may be some stuff that you guys know there may be things that are bubbling up in your heart Maybe some visions that you've laid down and you just know that that is from him. There are more ways as well to build a church than classical evangelism. Obviously, it's a good way to go just do, do classical evangelism. But who knows? You think of someone like Dorcas who, did, who was doing making all kinds of clothes and things like that. There's all different, multiple kinds of ways. God is the creator. There is an amazing array of ways that you guys can lead people to Jesus, lead him into a relationship. I encourage you guys to think about that. Too often we can take that kind of spiritual contraceptive where we maybe have that thought, have that heart dream and think, nah, that just couldn't happen. Don't let that take hold in your heart. Anything can happen with him. The third point is, it always starts in the future. So let's start looking to the future. I think a lot of us here may be into planning, but the, your future is not ahead of you. Your future is within you. That, that future is what we call vision. And so you guys know our vision here, our vision is to be ascending church, see people go out around Asia, around the world. Well, that is within us. It's not something out there we've got to find. The vision 
is within us. So when we walk and we go into the, our futures, run, run with aim. We need to be people who run with aim as a church, but then also individually in your, in your lives. If we, um, there's a verse, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 26. It says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. I love that. It's a great picture. It's like, this is where we're going. This is the vision. And we're, that's what I hope we'll be like as a church, like a steam train. <laughs> that's where we're going. So focused. I love that. They, I hadn't even noticed that before. They put boxing in the Bible. It's like Paul saying, I see the thing. I smash it in the face, you know. I'm knocking this thing out. I'm going for it. It speaks about how Jesus sets his face like flint towards the cross. And I think there's a beautiful energy there that actually that is something so deeply rooted in our faith. That's something so deeply rooted in the gospel that we see where we're going and we walk every single step of our lives with this aim that there's no floating. You know, people spend more time planning their holidays often than planning their futures. And so I encourage you guys, start seeing a future that doesn't exist yet. I like the phrase that the church are God's tomorrow people today. That we live lives, our futures, that it's more like that they, they're unfolded. We know what's there in some senses, to some degree, that they're unfolded rather than just randomly experienced as we drift through life. So vision is like the picture of the jigsaw. There's a bunch of stuff. We've got this picture of where we need to go to, but actually that 4,000 piece jigsaw puzzle, that's not always super easy to get together and it takes time and we, we work with God and see the pieces begin being laid. We know that there are different pieces. We know what we're aiming for. And so people are around Jesus and you guys are around Jesus, right? You guys are praying. You guys are living lives focused on him. That's, that's what it's all about, our relationship with him. People who are around Jesus hold on to vision. They become co-creators with God and walk with an aim. It isn't with vision, guys. It's not what vision is so much as what vision does that matters the most. This is an important one to remember, to hold on to, because vision helps us make choices. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about that, but if we have a vision, this is the vision, it can be like, whoa, we've got this amazing vision, and then there's all sorts of other stuff that we're doing over here. If it doesn't line up with your vision, I know in Edinburgh, Destiny Edinburgh, there's so many great, awesome things they, those guys could have done, but that's the vision, and they're going towards it. So there's some good things they haven't done, because... That's where they're going. Another church needs to deal with that. That's where they're going. Same for what you guys have on your hearts for your lives. Be focused and help your vision make your decisions. Our not-to-do lists should be way bigger than our to-do lists. There's a story of a little boy. I love this story. A story of a little boy who was drawing flowers. He was drawing these flowers out, and on every single flower, he drew a face. Okay, he drew a face. And then the teacher came up to him and said, flowers don't have faces. And he said, mine do. That little boy was Walt Disney. 
that, that actually, if you look at his life, he just had this amazing dream of building Disney. And I just think it's so awesome. And he just walked towards that. And if you look at many of the Disney cartoons, how many of the flowers, especially in the earlier films, they've all got faces on. Not all visions as well, not all visions are born equal. Make sure you guys, the one that you pick up, the one that you pursue, that it's a big one. That it'll be something that will outlive you. I, my, my hope for Destiny Church Hong Kong is that in 100 years, if Jesus hasn't come back by then, in 100 years, in 200 years, that this church will stand, that there will be people in this place who we do not know and we will never meet until we get to heaven, until they get to heaven. Have a vision that will outlive you. So keep focused on the big thing. Do you remember? Keep that focus. Remember what um, God says to Jeremiah. The first thing he says to him, he says, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? What do you guys see? Every day we're walking around, light hits our eyes at 186,000 miles an hour and turns it into video instantly, doesn't it? God wants to paint a picture on the canvas of your soul. God wants to paint this vision in our lives because he wants to see our lives go to new levels, new heights, but the Holy Spirit can't increase our lives until he increases our vision. He can't increase our lives until he increases our vision. Point four, last point, running into the end now. People with Jesus make a plan. People with Jesus make a plan. Make a plan, box it, smash its head and keep going, don't give in, never give up, never give up. Whatever it is, never give in, keep chasing the vision, keep expecting and decide to give it your all. Maybe you guys have had some visions and you've let them fall, you've let them drop and you've been like, oh, and you maybe feel like, oh God, I just can't do that. If you've had one of those things, pick it back up again. Dust it off. Plan it. Let's move forward. Talk to me. We'll pray together. In life, we can either be like a carrot, an egg, or coffee. That's in Ephesians. Life is like a boiling pot of water. There's a lot of heat. There can be a lot of pressures in life. If you put a carrot into the water, what happens? After a, after a bit of time in this boiling water, it goes limp and soft and just completely tasteless. Oh, man. Life just, the boiling water just completely destroys it. Put an egg in water, what happens to an egg? It's really hard. It gets cynical. Well, the egg can get cynical, but the analogy does. It gets cynical. It gets... Bitter. No, the egg didn't get bitter, but the analogy does. No, it get, gets bitter. You're like, ah, you know, you get grumpy. But coffee, when you put coffee in water, it changes its whole environment. It makes the whole environment smell beautiful, taste beautiful. It changes the colour of its environment. Let's be like coffee in our places, in our world. I'm just going to share a story. Say, I invite you back up to, to play. And um, this is a little story about Teresa. That Teresa, she, um, she's part of a missionary family. 
and uh, she wanted to, in Africa, she wanted to marry this guy. Parents said no. Um, and she kind of got married anyway, ran away with this guy. After three years in marriage, they started to have abuse and then the guy divorced her. And she was so ashamed that she went and hid out in, in, in another town. And she hid there for, for many years. One day, Reinhard Bonke, Bonke, who spoke about earlier, came and he did one of his crusades. And you know, at the end, sometimes I'll say, oh, put your hand up if you want to receive Jesus. He did that. 100,000 people, boom, responded to the gospel. 100,000 people went forward. And um, she's in this place where she's trapped in her failure. She's trapped in just a whole load of mess from the past. And she says, God, if he got 100,000 people, could you give me just 10? Could you use me? And eight years goes by and she, she just, she's grown, she grows and she goes, she goes home and she started stepping out and just praying for people to be healed. And she started seeing people healed. And when Reinhard Bonker told this story, he said that he'd just come back from a meeting led by Teresa with a hundred thousand people in the meeting. You know, God can use idiotes. God can use anyone. God wants to use every single one of you here. And so it's time to say, God, I've decided I'm not going to leave this world the same way I found it. Even if it's just in one small area, one small field, whatever it is, don't leave it the same way. So I'm going to pray, guys, and we'll just have a little response time where Angel and I will just come around and pray. If you want prayer, just put, put your hands out and open like this on, on your legs. And I want to encourage you that the Lord can and will use anyone. Our part is joining with him. It's jumping on board. He'll never force us. And he's saying, Lord, I'm with you. Lord, I'm available. Do something with me. If that's you today, if there's an old vision you want to pick back up, if there's something you just want to make a commitment before him, say, God, I don't know what it is, but God, I am available. Do something with me. If that's you today, guys, let's, I'm just going to pray in general and then we'll just do a little response time before we end in worship. Father God, Lord, I thank you for that word. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement, God, that you can use anyone, that you can use every single one of us, Lord, that, that you can use that you can use the simplest person, God, and you can transform the world, God, that one person in your hands, God, can bring change to a nation. Lord, I thank you that we have this history of great stories of men and women who just missed the mark, who are not good enough, God. Normal people, just like us. Lord, what could you do? And guys, I look out to you and I see ministries, great businesses, amazing things that can happen through each and every single one of your lives. Lord, I pray encouragement. Speak to each person here today. Guys, just say in your heart, make that commitment to him. If you're willing, I am available. Just say under your breath after me, I am available. Do something with me. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. 
Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Send me. 